Oh, is it be- is it beautiful in Southern California? Is it be- is it, is is it, it nice there? Is it oh, tell me how oh. sunny it is. Oh, God, Matthew, <laughs> the unrelenting sunshine. It's uh, it's horrible. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode number 18. Uh, We can vote now. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week. And I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films. And we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my very good friend, Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. You know, this week you listened to Florence and the Machine, and I watched the movie The Predator. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, just Predator. Just Predator. I'm sorry. I totally messed that up. No, it's it, it, and it's only important because I think there now is a, a The Predator uh, okay. movie. Yeah, so um, it's an in, it's and oh man, we could talk about that. But uh, before we get to any of that, yeah, how the heck are you? Uh, I'm pretty good this week. Pretty good. Uh, the weather Minnesota there was how the heck are you, man? <laughs> the weather was absolutely gorgeous this week. Mid seventies, low eighties. Mm. A little bit of breeze, but other than that, sunny and beautiful. And then today, the temperature dropped into the forties. Uh, rain all day, and tomorrow or uh, overnight tonight, it's supposed we're actually supposed to get a little bit of snow. Your mom is apparently yeah. going to get a ton of snow, but we're only supposed to get yes. an inch or two here in Milwaukee. Yeah, she told me that. Yeah, that's interesting to see. Uh, it's also beautiful here too. I um have had I went on. Oh, a is couple it be- of is it beautiful in Southern California? Is it beautiful? Is it, is is it, it nice there? Is oh, it pretty- tell me how oh. sunny it is. Oh God, Matthew, the unrelenting <laughs> sunshine. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> the uh, so I went for a hike on. Um, well, so actually, I went for a hike on Tuesday. Don't have a dog yet, uh, even though I had the entire week off and tried to do some things. But um, on my Tuesday hike, I went up. Uh, there's a there's a place called the Wisdom Tree, which is just a lone tree that's on top of a mountain. That from that spot you can see the entire LA Basin, the ocean, the San Fernando Valley. It's a great place to like go. Sure. And then from there, you can hike along the ridge to the Hollywood sign. And I was taking my weights with me because I used it as kind of my workout. So I had 15-pound weights in each hand. And by the time I got to the top, I had kind of maybe pulled something in my back. Ooh. And uh, by the time I got to the Hollywood sign, I was like, you know what? I got to I gotta ditch these weights. And so I, I found a place. Like I, I went kind of around in, in a little, around the side of a little path that not many people are on. And I kind of like hit them around a tree and like put them down. I was like, these will be fine for a couple of days. And everybody told me, like, whenever I told anybody that I was going to leave my weight, that I left my weights on the top of the mountain, they were like, oh, no. And I was like, nobody's going to steal you know, 30 pounds of hand weights, you know, like what? Are you going to go to the top of the mountain and see 30 pounds and be like, oh, I want to carry that down. And um, and so I'm like, eh, that's fine. And also they weren't like where many people went. So the you're talking about the number of people that even would have seen them. And then the percentage of those people that would have been inclined to take them was minuscule. But like every person, like probably three or four people I happened to mention to, they were like, oh, they're going to get taken. So yesterday this I went story, back up the mountain. If this story doesn't end with a rattlesnake bite, I'm going to be very upset. Oh, no. But I did see a rattlesnake on that very hike uh, on the <laughs> way down. The, the rattlesnakes were out, my friend. But no, no. I went back up yesterday and um, uh, to, to go get the weights. And, uh, and sure enough, they were gone. <laughs> No way. Yeah. Oh my god, who does yeah. that? Oh I my don't god. Know. Oh my god. I was, I was a little and what's funny is I was going up and I was kind of stealing myself for the for the possibility like how you you know plan hope for the best plan for the worst. Yeah. And uh, I was stealing myself for the for the possibility that they would be gone. Yet when I got to the point where they should have been and saw that they were not there and just the indentation in the dirt of where they were, I was like, you know, god damn it. My people. theory, my theory is it was a good Samaritan environmental type who was like, "Oh gosh, gotta take the trash off the mountain." You know, I thought about that. Yeah, but if you think about it for even a second, you're like, One "No, second. these are someone else's. These are someone else's things that they're not. No one's just gonna leave weights at the top of a mountain and not go back for them." You know. So well, it's it's bit, some kind of world. It's some kind of world. It is. I, it is exactly some kind of world. Also, but. you uh, you gave me 
there for just a moment, uh, basically a movie pitch in a line, which was rattlesnakes in WeHo. When you said all the snakes were out, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> all the snakes, all the snakes <laughs> in West Hollywood are out tonight. It's nice. It's shaking our thing, shaking our thing. <laughs> um, they. Uh, <laughs> It was actually I the rattlesnake I saw was pretty big. It had uh, eight or nine uh, segments on his rattle, wow. which uh, they gain about three or four a year. Every time they molt, they gain a new segment to the rattle, and so that's kind of a way that you can tell how old a rattlesnake is. And it was it was big, and I almost didn't see it uh, until I was right up on it. Um, partially because I was listening to this music that you assigned me. Oh, so, sweet! Uh, <laughs> Florence and the Machine causes that, problems. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it was, um, I, uh, today I had a birthday party to go to, which was fun. I had, oh, uh, so unrelated before I went for that hike where I pulled my back, I was going in for my very first acupuncture appointment. Ever. Oh yes. I remember. Yeah. How'd that Did, go? Have you ever had acupuncture? No, sir. It was interesting. First of all, like they say, you barely feel the needles. Nope. That's true. I, I, I almost I don't mean nope as in that's not true. I mean nope as in, yep, you don't feel it. <laughs> so here's this, this like thing me, that we do in like the Midwest. This like to talk to my... <laughs> yeah, here's this thing that we do in the Midwest where you say no and yeah, and they don't actually mean their actual meanings. But Travis, yes. I get you. I get what you're well, saying. But you know what's funny is it's when I had, a, I had a boyfriend in Japan who for whom English was his second language. And if you ever ask someone, do you not like that thing? Yeah. That's a tough and one. The answer, if you don't like the thing, is no, I don't like it. But he would always say yes. Yes, I don't like confirming it. my sentence. Right. Instead of like, and so it was always very confusing. But um, the acupuncture was interesting, and uh, it was uh, relaxing. I didn't feel the needles at all, and um, I was going because I have some issues with my elbow and also some plantar fasciitis right now. Uh, the elbow actually does feel a little better. The uh, the foot not so much mm-hmm. yet. So okay. uh, and now I have the back pain on top of it. So <laughs> you know, it's been an interesting week. I feel like something happened yesterday that I wanted to talk. Oh, I had my improv show uh, class show that was yeah. interesting. Um, and it went. I thought it went pretty well, but it wasn't great. And um, how many? So. so for a given class, how many shows will? It well, be, so is most it just classes, one finale show, or are there usually? More and okay. so for 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 one hundred one, two hundred one, and three hundred one, the levels, uh, they have one class show at the end. For four hundred one, which is what I'm in now, you have two class shows: one in the middle, and then one at the end. So okay. now we've had four classes and one show. Now we have four more classes and then one more show. I have another point of order: Is mm-hmm. there a one hundred two and a two hundred two? No. There is not. So they could really just call these class one, class two, class three, and everybody level would one, know. Level one, level two, level three, whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just, not yeah. The, it's just not the way they do it. Oh, uh, another interesting UCB note is uh, UCB is Upright Citizens Brigade. I auditioned for their, uh, for their sketch actors group. Yes. And um, I sent in an audition and got a callback. So nice. my callback is next or this coming Saturday. So uh, I will know by the time we talk again. Uh, how that went i won't know if i got in or not but um i have to prepare something new for that so that's interesting awesome yeah well i hope you're very upright in the future i try to be i try to be uh and uh, also i handed in my uh manuscript to my new publisher Uh, i went through and did a draft uh redid the draft of decimus and so it should be back out it is now currently unavailable so if you bought my book yeah you have it and uh if you didn't you cannot for several more months i did and i do and i'm about a third of the way through it oh nice, uh, nice yeah yeah it's been i so i have this thing where i fall asleep when i read it feels yeah. it feels awful because i love reading and when i was a child i used to read you know 200 Late into or, the night 200 or 250 books a year right oh wow and, and now wow. I, yeah I, w- I would read a ton um and now i read like maybe 10 right <laughs> uh, yeah. so well. so but it, it's happening it's happening that's great. I love reading at night too, though, and and I do enjoy it, that kind of. It kind of puts your brain at rest, and yeah. uh, I keep on thinking that my life that I, you know we've talked about how exciting my life is, and I don't feel like it is, uh, but um, but yet I I do do a lot, and I have a lot of fun things to talk about every week. So you, there, you said doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are we, 10? <laughs> I never want that to not be funny to me. You're, you're true. I that's never, true. Right. I never want to reach a point where that's not funny to me. I'm oh, hey. very glad that I am a person who can still laugh at you. You know what I've been... So we, we're about to get into this stuff, but I did want to say yeah. I'm going to be doing something next week. Very unusual. So here in Milwaukee, there's a friend of ours that runs this thing called National Diorama Month. Okay, that's ve- that's a very aspirational name because, as far as I can tell, the only uh, physical manifestation of National Diorama Month is Diorama Rama, which is a event. Uh, this year, it's at a brewery where people make dioramas and bring them and display their dioramas, and everybody <laughs> says, "Nice job on your diorama." And I'm making a diorama for that. Wow! And I'll, I will I'll, I'll, I will send you pictures. Go ahead. Please do, because I'm <laughs> curious about about so many things uh, revolving around the diorama culture. Uh, I don't. <laughs> right. And it's funny. It's funny because in, in, in community, it's a big ongoing joke about how they're always having to make dioramas and uh, it, uh, culminating at one point how they have to make a diorama about them making a diorama. And. So I'm I just curious about this what all is, goes into that. This is actually the very first time in my life I've made a diorama. I never made one for school. Uh, I was always more of a report kid. I never huh. never made a diorama. So this is my first time. And I committed to this having no idea like what the mechanics of it were, right? And it's kind of a fun art form because it's really whatever you feel like doing like however you want to make your di- you want to make it out of so paper would you, you just briefly define a diorama for me so a diorama is a small three-dimensional scene uh, oftentimes okay. in school you make them in a shoebox the one that i'm making is actually significantly larger i think it's about two feet by two feet uh, and i built a little box uh the theme of diorama rama is like things we missed during the pandemic or things that we want to get back to, right? And so I chose a local rock and roll club that I'm putting uh, like a concert into. So I've got like the bar area and the where the there's some arcade games in there. And oh, then wow. there, yeah, it's it's actually called X-Ray Arcade is the venue. And but you're putting all this into the diorama. There's a, there's a band on stage. There's like the sound guy. There's like the little speakers on the wall. There's a bunch of people in the audience. Uh, that is that is a lot, my friend. Uh, I am is, impressed with your. It is a lot of specificity. Work. Yeah, it's a I lot guess. of work. So. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, shoot. Anyways. That sounds like you've got your week planned out for you. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into let's the get meat. Into it. As I like to say, um, I don't know why I've only said it one other time, but let's get into the meat. You know, meat was also a big part of my improv show yesterday. Okay. There was a whole there was a whole thing about meat versus uh, cactus. Don't ask. Um, so uh, I'm 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 thinking of a number between one and two. Pick one. Two. All right, music it is. All right, let's, <laughs> let's change it up a little. First. Do the music first. Shake it up. Uh, so, speaking of shaking it up, oh, tell yeah. us about Florence and the Machine. Florence and the Machine is a band that uh, came to popularity about 15 years ago. Florence and her friends uh, started this band in England in uh, 2007. Their debut album came out in 2009. It was called Lungs. They had a couple of small hits off of that, and then the album Ceremonials came out, and that one had a bunch of huge hits on it, and... uh, yeah, they played Glastonbury. They're, they they became a really, really big band very, very quickly. Uh, Florence, I think, was in her early 20s uh, when they sort of became a thing. Kind of an orchestral pop rock thing. And they've mm-hmm. got like five mm-hmm. albums now. All of them are really worth listening to. And that's why I gave you a playlist but uh, if you're if you're looking for one album to listen to, Dog Days, uh, not sorry, not Dog Days, Ceremonials is the one to listen to. Okay, all right, interesting. Tell me, tell me why you uh, love her, them. Is it a why band? Do I, it, it is it, a I mean, band. Florence yes. and the Machine. The Machine yes. is the band. The Machine okay, is so the band. And, yeah. And Florence is a real person, which Florence is something is a I didn't person. Yep. know going into it. Yep. Uh, I love it because it's really good, very emotional music, and she's got a fantastic voice, 
Yeah. I, I don't need any more than that. All right. Uh, well, uh, so I guess I'll start with what I liked about Florence and the Machine. Uh, I mean, and it, and it goes to several of the things that I've talked about in the past. The uh, the energy of the songs is uh, is good and high. The uh, the the singing you can understand, and the singing itself is good. It's pleasant to listen to her voice, and um, and there are uh, good use of uh, like um, hand claps and uh, and the, and those kind of things. Um, uh, as far as the the things that I didn't like about them, uh, none. I have no notes. Ah, you got playlist. me. You got me. You got me. I did. Honestly, this was such a joy to listen to. I have uh, no. I I loved this playlist. I loved listening to it. Now I have heard the first two songs on the playlist, which was uh, "Dog Days" and um, or "Dog Days Are Over" and "Shake It Out." Mm-hmm. I've heard, but. Oh, man. Matt, let me tell you about the experience of starting this playlist. I was on my hike. Tell me about the experience of starting the playlist. I was on my hike on Tuesday, and I started playing Dog Days Are Over. And it starts with this, like, ukulele-sounding, like, thing. And I Mm -hmm. was, in my head, I have this, I went on a journey listening (laughs) to the song because uh, listening to it, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of like, it's uh, it, it sounds kind of like the uh, Hawaiian ukulele music or something like that. And then she starts to sing, and her voice completely does not match mm. um, what you think is going to go with that music, right? Sure. And so I remember, I go, oh, this is, this is, it's kind of... Sh- like it shook me out of my like mind a little bit. I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. Okay, what's going on?" And I continue to listen to. And uh, then there is this um, there's this like percussiveness that starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really love the use of drums uh, in by this band mm-hmm. uh, as a way to like to, to to do new like stanzas of music and 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 new like like it's a chapter in the within the song that they do it's so interesting and but again i was i think at some point though i was like oh this is familiar yeah like i've heard i've heard this and then it was the anticipation mm-hmm. of getting to the point that was familiar to me and the anticipation grew and grew with every like uh, what is the what is a section of a song like a, a stanza? Oh. A, a, well, like there's a... chorus and verse and uh, but, be, yeah, like, yeah. Like I mean, every measure, right? Every yeah, measure oh, of music measure. Oh, went yeah. uh, went it, it like built on itself until it got to the part that I was like, this is what I recognize from yeah. from you know I don't know having heard it sometime, and the whole time it was so fun and joyous and interesting and um, just a lot of fun. So I have started this playlist. Mm-hmm. No less than five times. Oh my goodness, Travis! Over the course of the week. Um, now I might have like it, it, any short bike ride that I've had. Like I'll 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 set it to play, and I might only get two or three songs in. All right. So, mm-hmm. but I, but it's also I never remember where I left off. So instead of instead of trying to pick up where I left off, I'll just start it over again the next yeah. time I start it. And um, so I've listened to it all the way through two or three times, mm-hmm. which is in and of itself uh, fairly uh, fairly exceptional and um but yeah i just like honestly i don't have any notes like critical notes because the uh, i love the lyrics there's a line in uh, shake it out which um is my uh now my maybe first favorite shaking song um it used to be shake it up uh from the 80s i don't know the <laughs> band but uh you know what i'm talking about oh, shake, it up. shake it yeah, up yeah yeah yeah, yeah, this is better than that. And uh, there's a line in there. Uh, the lyrics aren't on YouTube uh, music, but there's a line in there about how um, it's hard to dance with the devil on your back, so yeah. shake him off. And yeah. I'm like, every the I remember the first time I heard the line, I was like, oh, that's a great line. Yeah. And uh, and then every time I hear it, I get that same kind of like, mm. yeah, yep, yeah, it sure is hard to dance with the devil on your back. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and there are other songs. There's a song called um, uh, Free. That was maybe towards the end of the playlist. Yes, that had some great, uh, that had some great lyrics in there, and yeah. uh, I just, Matt, j- I don't know why you didn't give this to me earlier. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what you have against Florence and the Machine, but uh, uh, but you should like them more because you should give them to me. That <laughs> give uh, them to me on episode one. That that uh, new album is really. 
I, I don't want to call it a return to form because it's not like the albums between ceremonials and um, Dance Fever are bad by any stretch of the imagination, but Dance Fever really is a really great album. Uh, and, and, and that's I don't the one think that Free is on. Yeah. That's the one that Free is on. Is that it, new? That's the we, new being a relative term here, but it came out during the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I Just so you know, in music right now, everyone mm-hmm. has released an album in the last two years. Like everyone. Good. Bands yeah, that ha- bands that hadn't released an album in 20 years. I, that's great. Like, a lot of people, you yeah. know, Matt, a lot of people were sitting around not doing anything, but creatives, yeah. uh, like true creatives, I think were really like, I was creating things during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I wrote my book during the yeah. pandemic, you know, yeah. and, and I and I heard a lot of people, musicians actually composing and making music and a lot of uh, like very heartfelt personal Mm -hmm. music which i think is fantastic yeah there's uh, all all these bands that i haven't listened to in a long time that i kind of lost track of over the years they Mm -hmm. all came out with music in the last year and a half or so uh just you know mud honey and built the spill and ghost and just all the all these bands um and florence and the machine is one of them but there are i i think it's a wonderful thing that i mean obviously the pandemic is objectively bad right sure but i i do think it allowed a lot of people to step back from their lives a little bit and reassess you know yeah and yeah. well and musicians good. were hit hard because they couldn't tour yes. and they couldn't uh, they couldn't do a lot of things so they uh, it required a rethinking of how to make a living as a creative person mm-hmm. You know, which was interesting too. Uh, I I want to say too. I mentioned it a bit during my uh, early fake out, but um, uh, the use of hand claps in this uh, in this <laughs> playlist. I'm not sure if it's a if it's a thing that they do a lot, but um, our I noticed that our uh, uh, on our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, if you just search Facebook for, uh, exposing, for ourselves. exposing ourselves podcast. Or just exposing ourselves. I think You'll just exposing ourselves. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, our our secret third host, Kevin Novacek, uh, <laughs> said he actually has a hand clap playlist on Spotify, which I can't offer. So if you want to do me a solid sometime, you'll you'll move you know start a playlist on YouTube for me. But um, but yeah, I loved I loved the use of hand claps in this. Like it's just yeah. one of the things that they do so great. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. So I mean, if you're listening, by the way, you can you can you can go to our uh, we you, we have our playlists in the show notes, and you can actually see Matt's playlists on uh, YouTube Music, and and then if you go to his account, if you click on his name, you can find all the playlists for all the shows, and um, and listen to some of these. But they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, man. Well, thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Should I ask? Oh, you, you know what oh, I want to say before yeah, I even it. rate it. It's 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 a ten. It's a ten. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's not I before even... you rate it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to. You know what? Dispense with the suspense. Um, but the, I, the word that came into my head when I was listening to this was generational, Ooh. and I mean that in a in a in it feels. It, it, it feels important. Like she feels so good and so transcendent of 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 the time that she's making the music in. Like because also her music feels also a little bit '60s and a little bit '70s sometimes. But it felt like uh, like Billy Joel or Elton John or you know those those musicians that feel that they are define their generation, but also will move what, forward. And what about uh, this? It's almost like Fleetwood Mac without the drama, like without all the interpersonal band stuff. Just the sure. just like the great Maybe. songs. Honestly, yeah. I don't know a lot of Fleetwood Mac, so oh, um, we'll have to we'll have to remedy. I mean, that. I'm sure I know. <laughs> yeah, know I, them, you, and I know you do actually probably know most of Rumors. Yeah, like, I probably just couldn't. Uh, yeah. na- I I just can't name a song. That's all. Um, yeah. But uh, the uh, I know the the singer for Fleetwood Mac did something stevie nicks stevie nicks that's right that's right yeah. and i remember i remember really disliking her voice in the 90s when she did some <laughs> solo stuff because uh, she had that like smoking like having smoked 20 mm. packs of cigarettes a day for 30 years yeah voice anyway so yeah uh it's a this is a 10 for me the, great job great job 
Yeah, you know what? You're enthusiastic. I was going to give it a 9, but honestly, I can't think of why I would give it a 9, so I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to enjoy listening to this uh, to uh, Florence and the Sheen. I would uh, really, if if you if you dig this and you want to throw something on and you're bored with this week's playlist, I would throw on that album Ceremonials or Dance okay. Fever. Um, th- those two albums are both absolutely worth the investment. So. All right, great. Well, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, I may do that. Um, I, I may not just because I don't listen to a lot of music independently. But if you ever want to, uh, in the future, if you feel like we should do an episode where you, you know, we've talked about this, giving yeah. me a whole album instead of just a playlist of these bands that I like, um, that um, I would enjoy that, I think. Yeah, for sure. So, and uh, so are you going to go for a 10? Oh, yeah, I, get, I, I went for a 10. I've, I've nice. already given my 10, yeah. All right, great, great, great. Well, uh, uh, so guys, uh, uh, listeners, women, menfolk, people of all genders and ages, listen to Florence and the Machine. Uh, <laughs> and now let's talk about the movie. Uh, so you defined, I don't remember how you defined uh, Florence and the Machine that made me want to give you Predator, but at some point you had mentioned, do you remember? You used I the said word. epic, beautiful, and lush. Oh, lush, lush. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, and, oh, man, spot on. But um, So I gave you Predator to watch, and uh, I I almost didn't rewatch this movie because I've seen it at least 10 times in my life, but it has probably been at least 10 years since I've watched it last. And um, But I did seek it out and watch it again because I want to be fresh on these kind of things. And uh, you know what? Predator holds up for me, and I hope it did for you too. Uh, it was directed by John McTiernan, who uh, was is interesting. You've you've certainly seen Die Hard, right? Yes. Okay, so this is the same guy that directed Die Hard and The Hunt for Red October and uh, um, some other uh, you know some other lesser movies, but um, pretty big '80s director. I did want to, and I do want to mention. I actually did not had not seen Die Hard until this year. I've oh. it's been a meme movie for a really long yes, time. Yes, oh, is it a Christmas movie? Is it not a Christmas well, movie? Blah blah blah. And that's and one so of the this year, things... so this year yeah. I did I did make an effort to watch Die Hard and see it. You know, and it's funny. It it's one of those movies that you feel like you've seen before because you've seen yeah. so many. Yeah, when I finally saw Citizen Kane, I was like, oh, I've seen that in The Simpsons. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, And and, and what's funny is Predator has a lot of those moments, too, where it is certain things are so, like, uh, ingrained in culture. I've seen them now in other things uh, from the, uh, you know, I ain't got time to bleed moment to, um, to, you know, if it bleeds, we can kill it. That's started with predator or or even just the the two heroes meeting uh the two main guys meeting and going uh uh dylan you son of a bitch (laughs) like (laughs) like that whole line and like uh rick and morty just parodied that um uh recently and so it's it's got a lot of those things i one of the things i love about predator is that it's um it's action adventure of the time of the thing of the type that got perfected in the eighties, I think. And uh, before we had to kind of pull back from the from the uh, kind of like excessive killing of people um, back when it was just okay to like mow down, um, <laughs> you know, dozens of nameless nameless bodies uh, with with yeah. weapons fire. And um, so it was in that day where you know uh, that but also added sci-fi which of course speaks to me personally i love i love sci-fi uh alan silvestri who did the score for um for back to the future did this uh and it's a great music i think the the watching it again i was really noticing how perfect the casting was because you get almost no exposition about who these people are, who this team of soldiers are that go into the jungle. And I'm not going to bother with too much of the plot because I'm assuming most of our listeners know Predator. Um, but And you'll pick it up as we talk. But uh, this team of soldiers is goes into the jungle on a rescue mission, and it's uh, six guys, five guys, and you don't get any information on them. But you know exactly who they are. You know, just by looking at them and the and little character, tiny little character moments that they put in uh, at the very beginning, you you understand what these guys are. Uh, and so uh, it's some of the uh, uh, I'm going to say this and it's a weird thing to say, but it's some of the best acting we've gotten from Arnold Schwarzenegger ever. 
Like, he's not known for his acting ability, but he does some pretty good acting work here. Like, his, uh, it, it just, uh, some of the moments are fantastic. Um, it, uh, it, it had, I mean, the, the, the Stan Winston did the, did the, uh, creature effects and he came from aliens and, um, and some other stuff. So like really great work there. I don't know for a movie as a movie, there are maybe two little flaws that I, that I had, but it, totally stood up for me and um and, and remains one of my favorite genre pictures um going forward so yeah on a budget of uh <laughs> like less than 18 million dollars they made this movie <laughs> are you gonna that, disappoint me that was are a you... heck it was just a heck of an intro man <laughs> we, i just i you we, know we what? might want to put I, a stopwatch on that it's a child well it's a childhood favorite but it, uh, i was kind of surprised at how much i still love it so nice. um, nice. I'm interested to hear what you thought. I definitely understand where why this immediately popped into your head when I said the word lush. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is shot on location, I believe, in, in Central America or in a jungle, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the color palette of the first half of this movie is, it's not a palette at all. It's green. Like, green is the color of this movie. And it's, uh, and I love that. Uh, it's photographed in a way that even though it's almost monochrome, the picture is always very easy to understand, right? And what's interesting is is this was a time before color correction was a big thing. Yeah. Like, there was no digital color correction back then. So you shot what you needed to shoot, and that was pretty much what you got. Yeah. Um, the, The way the shots were composed... Uh, really allows you to understand what's going on, even though you have a bunch of guys in camo in a green forest. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's an incredible technical achievement. It really is. Um, Yeah. Your point about, you know, mowing down a bunch of faceless brown people is, you know, valid, right? Absolutely valid. It's funny because we got 20 minutes into this movie and i'm like how is this an hour and 40 minutes long they've burned up all the plot already yeah right yeah like uh, you know and but i was expecting the sort of the fight against the predator to like drag right Uh so it's really uh, like what you know if you know the basic premise of the movie then the shape of the plot is very clear like once they get uh, you know once the predator kind of shows up and starts picking them off um the point is, is like, it's very easy to see where the movie is going very early on. And so I expected it to drag because it's like, OK, come on, do the thing already. But it didn't, you know, so I I really liked that. Uh, you're right about the casting for sure. Uh, there's there's nobody that stuck out at all in terms of like not being the right choice. Um, it was fun to see the the um, arm wrestling meme. I didn't know that was from Predator. Yes. You know, the, yes. like the, so. in case you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a meme where there's a black guy and a white guy and there, you can see their arm or their forearms locked. And, uh, it, it looks like they're maybe shaking hands or maybe arm wrestling. And, uh, and it's from this movie and it's fantastic. It, yeah. it it's was just a way of greeting, like two old friends greet each other by doing a little arm wrestle, uh, test of strength. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. Yeah. Carl Weathers looks fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Just Well, you forget that he was uh he I don't was Rocky Balboa's that. first I don't uh, forget that he was okay. Apollo Creed at all. Uh, yeah. I don't forget that at all. But uh, yeah. he lo- he looks great in this movie. Arnold Arnold is juiced to high heaven here. He looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um it's all it's all good. I, I, I really liked all that. Um Jesse Ventura, like Je- Jesse the Body Rocker. Ventura. I'm um, not wrestler. Jesse Ventura, future governor. Future governor. Yes, only uh, only about ten years after this movie, I would see Jesse on the campus of the oh, University yes. of I don't Minnesota. Know. Did you vote? I voted for him when we were I at did, uh, the U of M. I did not vote for him. Oh, um, I did. Because yeah. at the time, the my, the, the my two... wife did, but uh, mm. yeah, I did not vote for him. I actually voted green in that election. But, oh, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, because the, the the Republican and Democrat candidates that year were just both awful. I remember. Anyway, here's a point that I want to make. 
You mm-hmm. mentioned action adventure. You mentioned sci-fi. This is in many ways a horror film. This is a very yeah. much a spiritual successor to Alien, uh, yeah. which the original Alien, not Aliens, Alien is very much a horror film. And this is this has the same structure as a horror yep. film. Um, yeah, you know, or Arnold, Jaws with Arnold know. Schwarzenegger as the final girl. You know, and you know it largely works, right? There's nothing. There's like it all fits well, together really nicely the action makes mostly sense right there's a few things yeah. where you get a bunch of jump cuts that are just kind of like things exploding and, sure. and you're like yes. i'm i'm not sure why that blew up but probably somebody hit it with a bullet right uh right. you know or a uh, grenade or something yeah or yeah. or a grenade or whatever yeah. um you know to the extent that I didn't like it, it was, I think, just my sort of general, like, uh, you know, my general sort of, like... Aversion this to is, violence? Or? This is not, just, this is not my type of thing, right? Like, mm, okay. I don't I don't get filled up from this sort of thing, right? It, it does all feel kind of pointless to me a lot of the time. Um, and so, so, sort of negative points for that. But... Hmm. Like I liked the battle between uh, the Predator and Arnold. I loved his like his realization that he could make himself invisible to the Predator and sort of even the scales, even if that doesn't make any sense as like a long term yeah. strategy, right? Like, you know, the mud does eventually warm. Okay, never mind. Uh, right. Well, also in what in what in what planet does evolutionarily like not being able to see, unless you have the technology to see in infrared? What what does that make sense? So that actually that's a good question. Is the infrared a technological solution? It's not a. Yeah. It's not their eyes. Well, I mean, because when he took off the mask, everything was just red red. Oh, okay. I guess I right. I think I missed something there. Like I wasn't I wasn't interrogating it closely, and I'd have to go yeah, back. Yeah, and watch. I didn't notice that until just this last viewing, and I was like, wait a second. Um, the other thing that uh, the only other thing that I didn't like is that, and it and it comes to your point about how this be this is essentially a suspenseful horror movie, uh, uh, a monster movie. But I love the suspense first of all, and I love that you go into it thinking it's one type of movie. And uh, and you get these clues that there's something weird out there, but you're never you don't know what it is. And even when you see the perspective of the of the predator the, in that with that heat vision, um, that infrared vision, you you don't know what it is that's watching. You know, you don't you kind of get clues and you're giving more and more and more. But the beginning of the movie, the very first shot is space mm-hmm. and a spaceship flies by the earth and drops off a shuttle that and i think that that is a completely useless shot and i feel like that was put in by the studio who was afraid that people wouldn't know this was a an alien monster movie well i am going to take all kinds of of uh, um gumption i don't know what the word is umbra um, umbrage i'm going to take all kinds of umbrage to that because oh, really okay i loved that shot and you needed that and, and my wife missed it and was wondering like what the hell is going on like where where what is this guy from what's what's happening here okay so okay so for I, you I, having that explanation yeah, yeah, sold it okay i don't think there's anything wrong with having that shot plus it explains like so they they learn mm, about the okay. predator through uh, through implication, right? right. Oh, he yes. he won't kill someone who's unarmed, so he's got like a sense of like he's got a moral code or something, right? Right. They're um, all making these assumptions that and turn out if, to be true. But if you don't know that this dude is an alien, him blowing himself up at the end doesn't make any damn sense. You're right. You're right. Right? Nope. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. he's You're he's right. in this situation where he's like, I need to destroy the evidence of our existence sure sure okay you're right that's a really good point and uh and i think part of me is uh coming at it from a place where i know the rest of the movies and i kind of know the mythology um uh, of that so uh some interesting uh little trivia about this is that um one of the actors uh hawkins the uh the guy with the glasses 
was played by Shane Black, who wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which we talked about oh, yeah. directed that movie. And yeah. um, and also he the year that this came out, uh, he uh, he had also written um, uh, Lethal Weapon, which mm-hmm. came out the same year, I believe, as Predator. So and uh, and then what's more is Shane Black would go on to direct and I believe also write The Predator, which came out a few years ago. And was terrible. Like the, it should have been the best Predator sequel, but it was actually the worst. Um, and it's kind of a, a disappointing thing for me because this movie and 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 the creation of the Predator as a as a being, right? As a like just like the creation of a, the alien, the xenomorph and alien and aliens, is such a cool thing, and it has been used very well. Uh, and it has been used very poorly. There is famously a um, a comic book series. I think Predator has been mashed up with a couple of interesting things, uh, including Batman and I think RoboCop have both met Predator in comic book series that I really liked. And um, and also there was an Alien versus Predator, a couple of movies uh, that were eh, okay, in, in the same way that you know. Freddy versus Jason was eh, okay, but uh, but yeah, the first Predator sequel moves the moves the setting from a, a jungle to a concrete jungle, like it moves it to Los Angeles in the future where things are hotter and more dangerous, more weapons, gangs, drugs, all those things are going on. So it's a really interesting allegory. And instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you get uh, uh, Danny. Um, uh, from Lethal Weapon. Uh, why, Danny? Mel Gibson. No, the no, other no, one. No, no, D- Donald Glover. Do- no, Danny. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Thank you. I know we Donald, get there together. Donald Glover. Why couldn't I not think of it? But uh, anyway, Danny Glover as the cop that has to do battle against a predator, and it's an it's a very interesting sequel. Uh, I like Predator too, um, but um, I won't make you watch it. So, what does, did you... hold on. Uh, does so does the predator need heat? By the way. Is that, I feel like that was implied at one point, but like, mm. does it need to be a hot climate or something? Oh, uh, not that it needs to, but it's, they did say that it shows up on the hottest years. And so yeah. that does seem to be like a trend for it. But um, so maybe it comes from more of a hot um, right. that, planet. That's I don't know. what I was getting at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, the thing that really popped into my head, you know, as we started to get into this movie was just like how like what a incredibly fruitful time the late 70s through the late 80s was in terms of like franchise generation yes. for like for like original material original? yeah we've talked right? about this i mean obviously yeah. star wars is you know the 800 pound mm-hmm. gorilla and jaws is dead now but there were like six jaws movies and four you yeah. know rambo which is like six and yeah. You know, uh, Friday, the, uh, like all the horror franchises right, that right, kicked right. off Terminator, around this aliens, time. Uh, yeah, those you all know, were 80s. Back to the Future, RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't you know, I don't really have anything deeper Indiana to Jones, say about e. it. Yeah, sorry. I keep well, on thinking of them. But yes, well, I, I talk about this e. all the time. Is E.T. a franchise? No, it's not a franchise, but as far as original... It's an iconic, uh, it's an iconic movie. But I'm, I'm specifically yeah. talking about things that, like you could like get convince a studio to make a tentpole picture today right oh oh yeah you yeah. know like Not, the vast you majority... do an original thing these days on that yeah. scale right yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, you know i ju- i just think that's very impressive it's it's yeah. really cool and well um, and what's funny is uh, predator uh, didn't make 100 million dollars even in theaters yet it has spawned you know, so many sequels and and spinoffs that uh... I think it did really well in home video. I sure, think it. Sure, I it remember. Was. I remember like that. That was a popular home video rental for ten years. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's and that's certainly where I saw it. So yeah, um, yeah. That's, so what do you what do you think about it? Uh, how about a rating? <sighs> you know, I struggle with this one a little. It's it's pretty good, right? But I don't think it's great. I oh, I you know I did want to mention the Stan Winston stuff is just out of this world good. That, I mean that, everything yeah. 
like obviously the character design on on Predator is amazing, both with and without the mask. Mm-hmm. The but also just the like the gore that you see early in the movie is just yeah. unreal good. Like so yeah. terrifying and so like visually stunning. Like right. yeah. wow. Iconic. This, this was absolutely Stan Winston at the height of his powers, right? Like just yeah. unreal. Oh, so good. Anyways. Um, so like, I want to give it like lots of credit for that, but like, ultimately this kind of movie doesn't really super duper move me. Um, oh yeah. And it's not meant to be, I don't think. I, I, I think it's a seven. Whew. Okay. Gosh. It's a seven for me. Like, no, that's it, a, you know what? That's it, a that's good, fine. that's solidly positive but yep. like i yep. i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna watch predator again yeah right? no no it's it's true it's true it, you know but it is interesting um and thinking about the legacy of this movie uh it, it when when i assigned it to you didn't you say isn't that the get to the choppa movie yeah get to like, the choppa. Get- like to have a line like that where just you know and you know, and not just for this movie but it also like if you want to do an impression of arnold schwarzenegger you're not going to probably say, I'll be back. You're probably going to say, get to the chopper. You know, oh. it's just that line everybody can do. I don't know. Maybe. I but, mean, uh, I, I would do Hasta La Vista, baby. But, Hasta La Vista. Yeah, but it's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he has so many great one-liners. He man. really does. He, he was, really, really he's does. one of the best action stars of all time, if not if not the best. But uh, I think he's got to be the best, doesn't he? Who's better? Uh, Hold mean, on. Let me it, see how much uh, time we have. Yeah, we got time. Let's just talk about this. Give me, this give me a couple of minutes. Who, who's a better action star? Than... It depends on what kind of action you're talking about, but like you're, I mean, he definitely has genre action nailed down. I, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best. Like, yeah. I, I, and, I, I won't argue. You know, like I there's, I mean, you think about the c- contemporaries, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about Stallone, Van Damme. Yeah, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, uh, no, Die not Hard. at that time. No, no, contemporaries of Schwarzenegger. Oh, of his. Tom of his Cruise age. wasn't wasn't of his a, age. Yeah, yeah, an yeah. action well, star I mean, until twenty years later. I guess then you've also got you know Mel Gibson at the time was eh, kind of yeah. Well, you know, because he had done Road Warrior as well. Sure. And, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as uh, yeah, I'm 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 not yeah. gonna argue. I'm gonna give it to you. you uh, give it to Arnold. Yeah. There you go. He's but, the best. Uh, he is the best. Uh, I am going to give it a nine. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, there are a couple of maybe not perfect things. Oh, man. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you know what? No, this doesn't deserve it. It does. You're just you're just mad now. You're just mad. I gave it. <laughs> no, a I'm seven. not even mad at you. I'm not. This has nothing to do with your score. I understand you like what you like and might not be the same as what I like. But, gosh darn it, man! I am. I was shocked at how well this stood up. And 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 really, I have a big thing about casting. And for them to have such distinct characters just through minor little minor little character things but mostly just casting the right people is so impressive to me okay i won't give it a 10 but boy it's a it's a strong nine from me (laughs) strong strong nine all right a a firm a firm long hard nine yeah okay all right well lucky we're lucky we're episode 18 so we can uh we can talk <laughs> such in such ways but um uh, let us know what you guys thought uh dear listener if you did you like predator as much as i did if you uh maybe not let us know uh find us on facebook at the exposing ourselves or email us at exposing ourselves podcast at gmail.com uh what do we got for next week matt next week I have a much less popular thing for you. In the okay. 1970s, there was this uh, R&B soul funk artist mm-hmm. named Betty Davis. B-E-T-T-Y space Davis. Okay. Not, not B-E-T-T-E Davis. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, and um and she's really super good i ran across this album of hers uh a couple of years ago and it's really really fantastic it's kind of an uh, under under noticed gem every once in a while i'll hear 
uh, one of the singles from it on like a on a movie soundtrack or something. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not completely unknown by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely. I've like, certainly never heard of of this Be- person. Is um, it a, is it a woman? Betty is Davis. It a girl? It, yes, it is a woman. <laughs> it is okay. a woman. A female. I mean, you, a know, fem- you never know. A female. <laughs> female. You never know these days. You know, I, I didn't know if Florence and the Machine was just, you know, a, a kitschy band name. Um, one of these times, I do want you to ask me, they're like, have you ever heard of Queen? <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, yes, I have. Or, you know, have you ever heard of the Beatles? <laughs> I mean, there are times when I'm wondering, like, how big of a band can I, like, have you ever heard yes. of Coldplay? I've heard of Coldplay. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, I might. I can't Taylor name a song, Swift. but I've heard no. of him. Yeah. I can't. I can't name a Coldplay song. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, if yeah. pressed, I might be able to guess, but uh, no. Um, okay, okay. So Betty Davis. Uh, Betty Davis. Else to know? Yep. Uh, Are you no, signing me an man. album or a playlist? Uh, it's, this is an album. This is her Great. debut album. Yep. It's All really right. good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what? Um, what genre would you like for your movie this week? I'm going to let you choose. Oh, God. What are my options? Or maybe I should go back in time since you're giving me a 70s something. Well, you know, uh, do you want drama? Do you want sci-fi? Do you want action? Do you want... Uh... Dra- drama. Yeah. I want to. I wanna... What are you going to give me if I tell you drama? I'm super curious. Uh, I'm going to give you... Uh, there's, a, there's a few options that I've got on my, on my list. And I think I'm going to give you uh, The Power of the Dog which was a recent Oscar contender, I think two years ago. I don't think that it won, but I'm not actually sure off the top of my head. I don't think that it won. No. No, I don't think so. Um, and but what it what it does is uh, it's it stars um, it stars uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as a cowboy. And um, I think that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay sure yeah so uh yeah benedict cumberbatch is edge uh benedict cumberbatch as a cowboy and uh there's other there's other crumbly buns bandersnatch as a cowboy <laughs> yes uh starbucks uh spongebob squarepants um you uh, but also, I mean, it's a star-studded cast, and uh, it's got a few people in it that you'll recognize. But it's uh, oh, maybe you won't. I don't know. I don't know who you recognize. But I think it's a it's a it's a good movie, and I, I want to talk about why I think it's a good movie next week. But all it's, right, uh, cool. You know, let's it's do certainly, it. It's certainly well made. You know, well constructed. It was an Oscar nominee, and uh, many people thought it was going to win if it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is a spur of the moment choice. I just I have a list and I chose uh, so I haven't researched this exact movie. I just uh, I, I just remember seeing it and liking it. So I'm going to assign. I it think to you. I think the truth here, folks, is that Travis is super excited for next week, which is going to be uh, a very special episode. The, yeah. The so ne- next, next week, assignment uh, is going to be a, a very special episode. Exactly. So. Yeah, and I've got some options for that too. So we'll see uh, options for movies that neither of us have seen. All right. All right, Travis. Well, thank you for exposing yourself to me. Matt, thank you for exposing yourself to me. I love it. All right. I'll see you next week. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.